What's going on, everybody? This is Julian with My Mentality Podcast. Uh, for those listening, welcome back to my voice. For those watching, say hello to my beautiful face. Hope you guys are having a great day today. Um, today, this is going to be the, I guess you could say, part two of me interviewing the Hardesties. I have with me, Miss, is it Lisa? Yeah, it's Lisa with the Z, but I can't hardly tell the difference. So okay. it doesn't matter that much. Okay, so I have Miss Lisa Hardesty. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. All right. So first of all, we want to thank you for being on the show. I know it's taking some time out of your day, so we appreciate you. Um, so I guess my first question, talk about, you know, your background, you and Jacob, how you guys met, how you've been, how long you've been together the whole night. Well, don't put me in the spot and ask me how long I've been together because I cannot keep track of it. I know most girls know it to the minute, but that's just not me. Um, I think this is our sixth year of marriage. I'm pretty sure we met. Um, I have a cheat board over here, 2012. So um, we've been together for quite a bit. I'm originally from Guatemala which is just south of Mexico in a place called Central America that nobody seems to care about. It's either <laughs> North America or South America, but we are there in the middle. Right. Um, so I'm originally from there and I moved to Miami, Florida for a little bit. And then I went to Tulsa for a little bit. And then I got hooked up with Jake on a blind date that was set up for my best friend and ended up you know, making him fall head over heels for me. <laughs> That's awesome. So do you ever get to go back home? Like, yeah, or- we, we try to go at least at least once a year. Now things have been kind of crazy with COVID and all that. So we haven't gone for, um, it's been two years now, but I did go whenever I was expecting my, um, my little girl. And that was the worst trip of my life. Don't really? travel when you're seven months pregnant. Oh. Pro tip right there. Yeah, well, I don't know if I'll ever be pregnant. But uh, <laughs> you never know. You never know. <laughs> this world is getting a little crazy. Right. Exactly. So I'll make sure to keep that in mind. So um, and you mentioned the uh, uh, the child that you do have. So how old is she? She's turning two this Sunday. OK. Oh, wow. OK. Yeah. I didn't know that this Sunday. Yeah, coming okay. up. Happy early birthday to her. So <laughs> um, what is some of the thing for you, you know, how old were you when you moved from Guatemala? I was 12 when I moved from Guatemala and it was a pretty smooth move because we okay. went to Miami, Florida. And I don't know if you're familiar with Miami, but there is a lot of Hispanic culture. Mm-hmm. So it was not nearly the shock that it would have been had I came straight to Oklahoma. Okay. So it wasn't much of an adjustment period. There was in a, in a fact that I had to learn a different language and being far away from my family, you know, my mom, my dad, and my sister was with me, but Hispanics are very, very close cultured families. And so being away from that, it was extremely difficult at first. Right. Okay. Understood. So um, going into you two combining cultures, you know, like you said, you're coming from Guatemala, you're coming from Miami, and then you all the way in Oklahoma. <laughs> That's my home state, but I'm not the biggest fan. So what was that like? You know, I'm sure obviously, like you said, you you know, you guys are more family oriented, you're probably dealing with a lot of different cultures having to adjust. So what was that like combining them together? So, you know, I want to just emphasize the fact that he's not just American, he's like country American. And that's a whole different version of American. Like, there is just like, hey, I'm proud of being American. And there's like, I'm country proud. And right. it is way different. 
He actually did not want to date me for the longest time. I had made it clear that I liked him. He had made it clear that he liked me and he would not go into a relationship with me because I was from the city. And on top of that, I came from a whole different world that he was just a hundred percent sure that it would never work. Right. Okay. So what, okay. How did you get past that? What did you do to get past that? I mean, look at me, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, honestly, I think just being able to oversee the hurdles of, yeah, it's going to be hard, but whenever you really love somebody, you just kind of make allowances for those things. And on top of that, all the things that he was afraid of that came with me, I think is part of why he loved me and, and started to feel so deeply for me. You know, he always... Um, makes a comment that I'm just so sassy. I'm so sassy. I'm so sassy. But really, it's passion. If you want to put a nice word to it, I'm just very passionate about everything I do in my life, which does translate into our arguments and our fights. And it's not always the funnest thing. But I think that's one of the things that he loves about me the most that I don't do things half hearted. I'm always full on full force. And when you have somebody that wants something so bad, eventually they just get it. Right. For sure. So, and I, I would assume if people were to talk to you about me, they would say the same thing. Um, okay. I'm a very passionate person that kind of leads the way my coach, even like at, at Oklahoma Weston, where I went to school, Jake, that's mm -hmm. literally what my coach said. He's like a passionate player. So I kind of live yeah. off that. So I get that. And it yeah. can get you in sticky situations sometimes. Absolutely get you under misunderstood sometimes so i completely understand so you, know, you say something and it comes across as if you're mad just mm -hmm. because you have said it in a different tone but in reality it's just because you're so passionate about getting that point across that you say it however it needs to come right and it's not always perceived the best right. way right 100 that that is me to a t i would yeah. not want to be especially the delivery part like i'm yes. good god i'm terrible at it so definitely that's trying, but yeah, that's funny that you say that. So we're alike in that sense. So when you guys start dating, um, you know, things are getting serious. What are some things that you had to adjust or some things that you weren't used to as far as just being in a relationship with him? Like you said, this is a completely different person, possibly than what you're used to. I honestly feel like adjustments happen even to the day. Like we, there is not a day that goes by that I don't feel like it is an argument or a conversation that is happening the way that it is because of our upbringing. Every day, we're still trying to figure out how to mesh two cultures together. Um, because, I mean, raising to me, like the way that you're raised is who you are, is everything about you, is how you carry yourself, how you communicate, how and why you think about certain things. And so when you have two different worlds basically collide, it makes for a very, very difficult relationship because you're going to communicate the different ways. You're going to love each other different ways and you're going to want different ways, like different things in life in general. You know, I, I grew up in Guatemala. So coming to the United States was a big deal. So for me, like I've already feel like I've accomplished something, having a daughter here who's going to be bilingual. I've already established something for my life, but him being from the country, you know, he, is always working for his legacy, which is the farm. So that's always an issue. Prioritizing work versus family um, 
Hispanics are very, very warm and families are everything. And I said, I think I mentioned that earlier in the podcast, but it truly really is. And so whenever you have somebody who doesn't have that same thinking, you're always feeling like maybe you're being put on the back burner a little bit because the priorities are different. And not because he doesn't love us, just because that's not how he was brought to think that family's first and then everything's after. So that's, you know, something that we adapt to even now. We're having to continuously adapt to that, um, right. that difference. And he, he actually mentioned that as well. So you guys are on the yeah. same page. He actually mentioned work and balancing. and Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, and like, I think the other thing, too, it's because family's so close. My family's very involved in pretty much everything we do. I see them once a week. Um, and he doesn't always love that about me you know we live down the down the street from their family and we see them once a week only because we have to I mean I don't think that he would want to if we didn't live so close make it a priority to spend time with his mom and dad you know to where me I want to do everything with them my mom always is coming over after I had uh, my daughter Kinsley my mom and my sister took like a two-week rotation and they were here after I had her and I remember he was just so annoyed and bothered because he felt like they were overstepping their boundaries in right. just being all up in his space. And in reality, like I needed it because mm -hmm. they were my comfort. They're always, they've always been there. So the overstepping in family cultures is very difficult as well, I feel like. But in a way, I think it's made him a little bit warmer towards our daughter because he sees that culture and there is something that I think he respects from it being right. such a close-knit family right I would actually say that would be something that if I'm married again down the road I will have to get better at because I'm an only child mm. and so it's just me and my mom so like mom dukes is everything and I'll do anything for her we talk every day like that's best friend but my concept of family just isn't the same I want to have a big family, but I really wouldn't know how to act because like we're so spread out around the world. We don't really see each other that much. I don't remember the last time my family got together for holidays. Like I really yeah. can't. So if I was to marry somebody who family was important to them, it would be an adjustment process for me too. Cause it's just like, and even my mom, she's an only child. So we're both only childs. So like when I was married, she wasn't super involved in our marriage. I did not see her much. We moved across the country or moved to a different state. You know what I mean? So I kind of understand the adjustment process in every person that I met that's Latino or Latina or Spanish, whatever. Family is huge to huge. them. Like that's like not a- cannot take us away from them. No. Right. And I can talk about my mom all day long or my sister. And I can say that, you know, like I cannot believe she borrowed this. I mean, how dare her use my outfit or- steal my picture or whatever as petty as it can be right but the moment jake says anything i have to check him real fast <laughs> like i'm sorry excuse me what you are not you did not just say that about my mom i don't care how much she upset you just then like that is my family like right. respect him or respect them so that's definitely been um i think something that we've struggled with having those boundaries set where i still get what i need which is being that like having that closeness with them mm -hmm. and then also understanding that 
when you do marry somebody, they do become your family. Right. And they should be your priority. And you should want to always make them happy and prioritize them over everything. But it is extremely, extremely tough when you come from such a close family that's always been there for you. For sure. So how did your family react to Jake? Um, <laughs> I know, and I, and I know that sounds funny, but like, I came from a situation where I was married to a white woman. Mm-hmm. Um, her family was not accepting. They didn't, and it wasn't because I was a bad guy. I was putting hands on, it was simply because no, that's a black man. Like we don't do that. So actually like in the Hispanic culture, it is great for you to marry an, an American. Like just because he was light skinned and had red hair, I had already accomplished something. Really? He could have been an awful person, but he had light eyes and light hair. Um, we call him, you know, gringos. Gringo, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, that's like, oh, he's so high. Even if he's not, if right. he, I mean, he is, but even if he wasn't, just because he's from the States, he would have already been accepted into a Hispanic family because it's like, it, it sounds awful, but it's better mm-hmm. in quotes, you know, like it's not that Guatemalan men are not good. There's just this mentality and perception that's always been put into our brains growing up that America is better and everything about it, including the men would be better. Right. So they were very accepting of him. Um, and by the time him and I met, I mean, I've been in the States for quite a while. So I had, I had talked to um, multiple and different kinds of men. Um, and my family really had been accepting of all of them. I had, I had been almost to a, a relationship with a, with a Mexican and that one is probably the one that they disapproved of the most. Actually, surprisingly, um, there's like an unspoken feud between Mexicans and Guatemalans. Oh, <laughs> so, okay. Um, so my mom and dad were both not very thrilled about it, but he was a good guy. So they looked past it. They were okay with Jake. I think they just had this perception that he was going to be good for me. Right. Okay. Without that... even really knowing him. Yeah, I've never I've never heard that perspective. That's actually interesting to hear. You know that like for most people, America is the place to go. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that they looked at Americans like that because you hear now some places they kind of look at Americans with disgust, like yeah, oil, I, privileged, you know. I do think it's changed. You know, I wonder now. I think there's a lot of Hispanics that want Hispanics to marry Hispanic. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that happens across in every race. Yes. Almost like you want to be so proud of your own race that you don't want to date outside of it because you're bringing in somebody who shouldn't be part of it because right. then you're contaminating the DNA. Right. And I feel like as, as the years have gone by, that has been more of a popular opinion of marry within your race, Yeah. which who cares? I mean, honestly, marry who you love. I don't care what their color is and I don't care where they come from. Just literally find your person and be with them regardless of any racial issues. But not everybody has that mentality, unfortunately. So I'm actually glad you said that because that's where I was leading into. Um, the outside looking in, have you had to deal with that? Not family, but random people. You're in Oklahoma. I'm from yeah. Oklahoma. My ex-wife was from Oklahoma. I know the stares that we got. I know some of the things that we said. Is that something you've had to deal with? Yeah, it absolutely sucks. I mean, 
there's no other way to describe it but to feel like you're constantly dismissed because you're with somebody who shouldn't be with you and you are um I don't they just put labels on you I feel like uh, instantly when somebody sees me because of the way that I look they'll jump to the fact that I am a Mexican which you know I'm not and it bothers me because that's not who I am and it's not who I where I come from but instantly I'm Mexican, instantly I can't speak English, instantly I don't have a good job or I'm staying at home or I'm mooching off of Jake or I married him for a visa. Like all these extremely crazy scenarios is what people give you and they form this identity or this reasoning behind why you married that person. And then you walk around with all those labels on your back and until you have a conversation with them, and they hear you and you tell them like, oh, actually I'm not Mexican, I'm from Guatemala. All of a sudden this mentality changes. It's not, now it's an exotic. Now it's exotic that he's married to somebody that's not from here. And even then, you know, we have, I have personally experienced racism with my family and Jake was present. Mm -hmm. And the favoritism was towards Jake, which was extremely hard for all of us because we walked in to a restaurant and um, we've been standing there waiting for a table and Jake went and parked the car. Well, when he came into the restaurant, he came up to us right next to me and the gentleman standing there instantly asked him how many were in his party. And we had been standing there waiting to be seated and just completely dismissed. And so to be with somebody um, who is favored was almost hurtful and he didn't even realize it or pick up on it. You know, he just thought it was like, he, they were just seeing me. Right. And when we told him, he was like, oh, huh, yeah, I didn't realize that. But I almost wish that he would have gotten as infuriated as we were. But it didn't happen because he hasn't been brought up. He hasn't experienced those things. Those labels haven't been put on him. So, you know, you can't blame him, but it was certainly discouraging. And it happens all the time in stinking middle of nowhere, Oklahoma. Right. And it's funny you said that because he mentioned that too when we talked. Um, even like some of my posts and some of the things that I say he's read and been like I didn't think about it like that so mm -hmm. it's very easy what you're saying for me to realize now that like sometimes Oklahoma wherever we're in this bubble right mm -hmm. and until that bubble is either burst or you decide to step outside of it you do not see those things yeah I used to think people and I still think some people choose to be naturally ignorant they yeah. just want to be. And then you have some people who just really are not aware at all because mm -hmm. they're in that bubble in an Oklahoma that's prominent because yeah. it's like it's not a whole bunch to go and read or do or, or, or be affected. So I can get where you're coming from in that sense. My ex-wife experienced that with me just by going to like a restaurant in Broken Arrow. Like we're going, yeah. it was after one of my shows I did for bodybuilding. We're eating with my mom and like this lady is literally we're eating, standing over us, like staring at us to the point to where my mom, if you think I'm a firecracker, like that's where I got it from, looked up and was like, can I help you? Like, is there a problem? And I just kind of kept my head down because I don't want to get <laughs> infuriated. But it's like, those are the realization moments that they have that they might not have gone through mm -hmm. until they've been with somebody of a different race. Oh, yeah. So it's almost a level of patience you have to be willing to have when you date an interracial marriage depending on where you're at because some people just don't realize it it kind of stinks but yeah well and now you know like we have a daughter 
and she does not look like her dad and she does not look like her mom and she looks like a mixed baby and you could see her with her dad and think that she's full American and you can see her with me and assume that she's full Hispanic Guatemalan but it honestly worries me Um, I even find myself comparing her to the other kids in her daycare class because she doesn't look like them Mm -hmm. and she's the odd one out she doesn't look like the rest she's way smaller than the rest you know I'm like five one and a hundred pounds soaking (laughs) wet so my I'm just a small person and here she is so petite and she's obviously different than the rest of the kids in her class and like I was saying earlier like my idea of beauty is a light-skinned blonde blue-eyed person and so sometimes I even find myself feeling like she's never going to be as pretty as the other girls because she'll never look like them. And that's things on its own because I know that the things that I'm going to and I have already experienced, she's going to get as well because no one is, no one's going to know what she is, you know, she's going to be labeled. And that's a choice that I made whenever I started dating Jake, Mm because I knew if we have kids, there's a there's a big possibility that that baby will look exactly like me and Jake will be judged because that baby doesn't look like his. Yep. You know, you, and you, and that's tough. It's so somebody actually pointed this out to me um, and it blew my mind and I actually defended it at first. Um, my friend Ronnie, he's a black guy. He's married to a white woman named Hannah. They have a baby. But Hannah was like, what? I don't think white people realize is that when you get involved in an interracial relationship and then you have kids, you become the minority mm-hmm. when people around you are looking because they're going to see, especially for me, if I marry a white woman, I look a certain way. Our biracial kid is probably going to be darker than mm-hmm. she is. Mm-hmm. We have more than one. They're all going to look darker than what she is. So imagine her yeah. going to a store without me and it's two or three kids that are way darker than what she is like it doesn't people are gonna look at that like you know what I mean um and I never I never thought about it like that until she broke it down to me I'm like you really do that doesn't mean on the outside it makes it easier but you Mm -hmm. are like Jake will definitely you guys have more kids Jake's probably going to be the outcast during family time when you go somewhere because of how he looks And, you know, like I actually did this the other day. I I don't know if I was at Walmart. I I was somewhere and I saw a white girl with a dark baby. And my first thought was like, I wonder if it's hers. And what an awful thought. But even somebody like me who is not from here, who is Hispanic, who has experienced racism, even my train of thinking was judgmental towards a mom and her son. Mm -hmm. because they didn't look alike Mm -hmm. and it is something that when you go into an interracial relationship you're gonna have to deal with that stuff there's no way around it and they are going to be outcasts they are going to be different and and you know what the worst part is they think they're complimenting you by saying oh what a cute mixed baby Mm -hmm. like why can why can't she just be a cute baby right why does she have to be a cute mixed baby right Was, was she not be cute has she not been mixed right you know? Yeah. And people don't even, like you said, people don't even realize it. It's a backhanded compliment and they don't even notice that they are in a way insulting you because that baby's only cute because she's mixed. Right. Even in the sense of like Jake reaching out to me when I 
posted this and me being like, oh, I didn't even think about that. Like when I started this, this was literally supposed to be black and white, like mm-hmm. black man, white woman or uh, white man, black woman. And when he reached out to me, I'm like, that's how much my thinking has been controlled by society. Yeah. That I never would have thought outside of the box that like interracial is interracial. It's not yeah. just, but when you hear that, that's automatically what you think. And then you think Did of a white skinned baby. Would you consider like Native American? And yes. you would? First of all, you look more Native American than me than anything. I know. It's the braids. Yes. And you're from Oklahoma too. So like I, <laughs> I would have saw you and not known you, I would have thought you were Native American. Just yeah. But Yes. Um, and if you, I know some Native Americans that are racist as all get out. Really? Yeah. Um, my ex-wife was Native American. Mm. Um, white as day. She would tell me some stories about how they treated her. Um, she went to Tahlequah Sequoia and Tahlequah, which is like, you know, a Native American yeah. school. And they didn't treat her well. Um, part of it is history. Obviously, I don't. Can you blame a Native American for not necessarily being the most cheer? Absolutely not. But uh, so, and then there's some other things, you know, even with, you know, even back then, white people like, you know, writing their names on things so they can get the same benefits and rights. Like that's, they've been stealing from Native Americans since before we were born, knew anything or anything. So I understand it. But yeah, I would say if I was to find a native American and start dating her, that's interracial. We're going to be, we're two different races. In my opinion, there's two different beliefs. There's two different cultures. Um, and even I'm native American, but I'm not like I we're from Oklahoma. We're native American, but I don't know the culture. I don't, I went to a native American college. I went to Bacon college in Muskogee. Yeah. I don't know the culture. I've been to one or two powwows. My wife was a native American, but nobody could tell. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like, so yeah, I think that it would be the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely do. I even interracial, like to me, interracial marriage is you if you want to be technical, you because like I'm from America, like and I'm black. That don't mean like a black person from the UK and me think alike. I know we don't. Like we don't think alike at all. So technically yeah. you can say that, but I'm looking at it more from a skin culture. tone perspective along with culture. Because I think yeah. that's where this is where a lot of the people who like you said, now it's starting to become a shift of marry within your race, marry mm-hmm. within your, but at one point I felt like it was this like, and it still is this fat of the mixed baby. Mm-hmm. They're so pretty. They're so exotic. So you have people that were fantasizing and almost fetishing about interracial marriages and yeah. mixed babies. And it's like, do you really want to take that step? This is some of the things you're going to have to go through. And if you're not prepared for it, this is why you see some of those relationships split. Because at the end of the day, we retract back to what we know. Well, and you think that what you know is what's right. Right. And that's probably the hardest thing. Because even with my family, I feel like this is the way family should be. Mm -hmm. Am I right? Maybe not. Right. But I've been thinking that way for 30 years. (laughs) Probably going to be thinking that way for another 30. (laughs) Right. Right. For sure. No. And I mean, that's valid, though. Um. And like I said, it's a bubble thing too. Like if it, it, how you're raised affects that. So if you don't see anything outside of that, what would make you wrong? Mm-hmm. You know. So yeah, I agree. But moving forward, what's some of the things that you've learned the most 
during your time within this relationship and marriage. You can talk about culture. You can talk about just you being more patient, not punching Jake in the arm anymore, whatever it might be. I think the question is, what have I learned the most, correct? Right. I think what I've learned the most is that it's okay to be yourself. And I know that sounds so cheesy, but if you really think about it, it's okay to be who you are, how you've been brought up, who you are in your culture, what your beliefs are. It's all, that's all okay. And when you meet somebody who is okay with you being that way, I believe that you'll work through those things, but you have to be okay knowing that they're going to be their own way and that you have to be accepting of that as well. I don't think there's a right or a wrong way of um, doing life. I don't think that Guatemalans are better than Americans. And I certainly don't think Americans are better than myself and my culture. But I think that we're all so uniquely made that it is a beautiful thing when two races get together and can understand we're different, but we're better because we come from different aspects and there's things about you that are way better than how I was raised. And there's things about me that are way better than how you were raised. And if we put those two together, we can have a great marriage, great relationships and a great family. And I think that's probably what I've understood. What I've learned the most is that it's okay. It's okay. If you're different, as long as you're willing to make it work and understand that other person's not like you, you'll be fine. So you say that and you're like, I know that's cheesy, but it's really not like how many people do we know give up something within their relationship about themselves that they shouldn't like, yeah. for instance, you're a family person. You marry a person that's not. I've seen several people who stop talking to their families. They don't see them as much, but it's because of the person that they're with. It's not because that's they, what they wanted to do. It's always going to end in destruction right. because breaking yourself from who you are is making like losing a little part of your heart and that person is not going to fit that mold nope. you know they're never nothing they do will ever fill the mold of the thing that you just broke off of and it's never going to work out if you literally try to change yourself or give away things for somebody else it's never going to flourish because right. you're not yourself and you're going to grow resentful you're mm -hmm. going to grow bitter you're going to be mad at them all the time and you're not going to be happy. And who wants to stay in an unhappy relationship? Yeah. Hey, yeah. And some people do, I don't know how they do it. Uh, we'll pop to them, but I agree. Like I, and I, that's one of the things reflecting back on my situation. I look back, I lost myself a little bit. I got so involved in wanting to be like husband and provide and do whatever. I lost some of my passions. So then like, what, 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 what does that lead to? Like you said, it can lead to resentment. It can yeah. lead to not being excited, not being anything. Cause it's just like, I'm waking up for another day. I don't really have a purpose. I guess my purpose is being husband, but that's not enough. So yeah. I agree. And it can lead to destruction, not just necessarily within a marriage. You're talking about a person losing their mental and themselves. Well, which can be you know, I heard, I heard somebody say once, like, I'm a good dad, I'm a good worker, I'm a good husband. And the question was, well, what are you besides those things? What are you good at? What do you enjoy doing? Because you can be a good dad, you can be a good husband, and you can be a good worker, but 
then you're defined by those three things. Mm -hmm. So what happens if those three things were gone? Who are you at the end of the day? You can't, you cannot afford to lose who you are as a person. Right. Because then you're, you're just going through life, fulfilling tasks and checking things off your to-do list. I have to do this to be a good mom. I have to do this to be a good worker. I have to do this to be a good wife. And at the end of the day, what are you doing for yourself? Because the person you're with loves you for you. And then if you lose yourself, what is there to love? Right. That's awesome. That that right there will be chopped out and put on Instagram to get people to come (laughs) listen to this. That right there. That was great for sure. And I agree 100%. So I don't want to keep it too much longer. I got a couple more questions. Okay. Um, and you spoke, you touched, the, some of the stuff I had, you touched on through the conversation naturally. So it doesn't need to be addressed. But I do want to know, as far as raising your child, what was that like? Because I know that you're coming from a situation, like you said, your parents are more involved, your sister um, I'm pretty sure you guys maybe have some different values and things as far as when it comes to raising a child. Has there been any turbulence in that situation? How do you guys address that? Like, what are some things in that situation? So Kinsley's two. Um, so we don't have a whole lot of years under our belt as um, we're just still trying to maneuver raising. Brandon Wills haven't <laughs> come off yet. And uh, the twos are really testing. Uh, so I would say as far as values with our daughter, they're pretty aligned. Jake and I both know what we want for her. And um, I always tell Jake and all my friends, I always say, I don't want to be a good parent. I want to be a God parent. I want somebody that they can see God in. And I, and I know that Jake feels the same way and we're strongly about, um, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what we teach her as, as long as we teach her that God loves her and has a plan for her and that, you know, everything's always going to be okay because his plans are for our good, then we've done a good job. We're not worried about that. I think the hardest part of raising Kinsley is that Jake jokes about this all the time, but he feels like we have um, joint custody of Kinsley with my parents. Okay. (laughs) So my mom and dad want to see her every weekend. And recently my mom and dad got separated. So now we were used to having to share her with my mom and dad, but now we have to share her with my mom one weekend with my dad, another weekend. And then the other weekend is ours. And we're having to somehow flow all of our free time when we're not working with Kinsley to please the fact that my parents want to see her as well. And we have this weird, like anger towards each other because I want her to be with her grandparents and my parents are like head over heels for Kinsley. And then I don't feel like his parents try nearly enough to see her. So he gets mad when we see them too much. And I get mad because at least they want to see her, you know? So it's like this constant battle and argument where it's like, well, are we going to hang out with your parents again? And it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, at least my mom's willing to watch her. You know, right. it's like, that's probably the biggest thing is just actually raising her ourselves and not allowing the, the closeness that I have with my family to involve everything we do, everything we want her to say or do or act. It's like, we almost have, we do have to be careful because it does tend to be like a custody battle on who's, 
whose weekend is it now? To where, you know, it, sh- it shouldn't be that way. Right. No, but we're playing our weekends around them. So, and my grandmother was very involved. Um, but it was because I need to get her on this one day so she can tell her story. So my grandmother's a pastor now, but when I tell you like gangster drug, like the whole nine before this, this is before I even knew her. Apparently my grandma was like a, the, the wild, wild west. So <laughs> she missed out on my mom's life. Mm. So her second opportunity was me to mm-hmm. be a part of being, you know, the childhood and everything. Cause she just wasn't there for my mom. So she was very heavily involved in everything, even to the point of, it was like, like you said, or am I, is she pushing too much? Is she doing a little bit too much? Is she trying to be mom a little too yeah, hard? Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. And so, and that wasn't, my mom wasn't married. So that was kind of a battle between them almost. I'm just, it, I would say almost authority, but it was just mm-hmm. like, that's, I'm, that's still my son. Uh, oh, we have that conversation multiple times, you know, like Kensley's two. She's been sleeping through the night since she was like six months, but we, we sleep trained her and it was the crying out method, which I know a lot of people are against. And my mom was one of them and she mm-hmm. hated listening to her cry for two minutes, three minutes, four minutes, whatever it took. And she would go in there and she would do what I told her not to do. <laughs> and we did have to have some hard conversations of, this is my family. I'm choosing to raise them how I want to. And you need to butt out and be grandma, not mom. Right. And I can say that. But if Jake says that to me, like I said earlier, uh-huh, <laughs> excuse you, you did not just say that about my mom. <laughs> so it makes it hard for him to be able to share his true feelings because I am always jumping on his bones whenever he tries to say anything remotely um, not even disrespectful, just not nice. I'm like, I was going to ask is delivery matter in that situation or is it just no, like, yeah, just don't say anything about my mom, period. Right. Like, unless you're not talking about how great she is, just don't talk about her. Right. Period. I, <laughs> again, we're very similar because yeah. I will be the same way. You don't touch mom Dukes. I got into some arguments with my ex-wife about it a couple times, which, and, and also the shocking part of having to do that was, it's completely opposite of y'all's situation. My mom doesn't involve herself in anything. She's like, even the 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 conversation came up so many times of when we were going to have kids, you know, and, and it, it gets to the point where that gets annoying because it's mm-hmm. like, we, we will when we want to. Like, we're trying yeah. to get some stuff done first. My mom never pushed it, ever. No, like, go live your life. She's going to school. You go to school. Do all that. I'm not, she'd be like, I'm too young to be a grandma right now. I don't, I'm not worried about it. So, like, but, again, don't talk about her. So, even my ex-wife would try to make some type of comments, like, we're not, we're not doing that. Like, I'm sorry. We're not going to do that. territory you don't go into. Yeah, you just don't. Even, and, and I, but at the same time, I had to learn a little bit, too. It's a difference in going at her and maybe making some suggestions that she thought might be helpful. Um, yeah. And I had to realize that my defensive ways needed to yeah. chill sometimes, but there was also times where I knew it was warranted. Like, no, you're not going to do that. You know? Yeah. So just deciphering my feelings and then trying to communicate and understand her better because she, again, my mom wasn't ever involved in anything that we did. So, but there were some things that she would discuss that might been might have been right. I was just super defensive. Are you familiar with the um, the enneagram? The uh, yeah, but I don't know mine. Okay, well, you need to you need to really learn it because 
speaking of relationships and interracial relationships, one of the reasons why I feel like our relationship has been so successful is not just understanding our cultures, but our personalities behind the culture. And I know like for myself, my number is an eight, which is the challenger. I challenge everything you say <laughs> i want to fight at any point like give me a reason to give to get into an argument with you i i live for it i just cannot wait to have confrontation and jake's the opposite you know jake is a peacemaker he wants right. to just appease everyone he wants to just be um in total just chill mode and i'm like let's fight let's do something you know like so i feel like it has it has created a problem in the fact that one of the aspects of an eight is loyal, like to the. I'm a, I don't need. I've never taken this test. Everything you're explaining right now, I put it's this you. on. I'm an eight easily. Yeah. So everything. The loyal side of me. I mean, if my mom were to say something about Jake, I would put her in her place really fast, and mm -hmm. I'd probably end up being disrespectful. Mm -hmm. But I tend to do that when Jake says anything about my mom or my sister or my dad. Like, no. I love, I would die for that person. You do not have a moment to speak on them in a negative way. Just, you just don't. So it has created a lot of tension. Mm -hmm. And I think, I don't know if that's more culture or if that's more personality. Right. Um, to be honest. It's interesting. Like me and my mom just had this conversation like a couple of weeks ago about a friend of mine. Um, and she was like, she told me, she goes, you are loyal to a fault. Yeah. Like, and it's not a lot of people like that. She said you are. And what it was is I I realized that me and my loyalty and what I was, because I would chop my mom's head off. Like if she's saying something about one of my friends to me, no, like I'm not. And she said that. And it was like, I was expecting that from people towards me. Mm -hmm. She's like, you can't do that. But like how many friends would you say you have? Actual friends, not acquaintances. How many friends would you say you have? Now, looking at it, probably, I would say about four to five legitimate. Okay, so friends. I was going to say, like, if you have a handful of friends, you are probably an eight. Because yeah. I can extend my loyalty to everybody, but, and not everybody wants to be friends with me. I am blunt, I'm honest, and I will hurt your feelings. Mm -hmm. But if you choose to love me for that, I will stand by you. But I only have a handful of friends, a handful of people that I will stand up for, I will fight, and I will, even if the other person's right, I will not allow it. I will oh, not yeah, yeah. No, it. no, I don't care. I, That's just like right a as you want. Thing. I ain't going to acknowledge it. Yeah. So yeah. you might be, I might be the male version of you. It's basically what I'm hearing <laughs> right now. Because everything you're saying is exactly how I work. Like, that's how I roll. Um, and I don't give my loyalty to a lot of people. But when you have it, I, I'll fight for you. I don't. And mm -hmm. that's just how I've always been. And I mean that mentally and physically. I will do yeah. whatever it takes to make sure you're protected. Um, so yeah, I can, I see that. I might need to take that just to confirm it. That might be my homework from this spot. You just gave me homework. From Do this it. Podcast. And then have somebody to talk. You need to like go through every number yeah. and explore every number because it is so interesting. Um, there's a book called the road back to you and it goes through and it shows you like at your healthy, what are your good qualities? And when you're not healthy, what are your bad qualities? How to make them better, how to be in relationship with another number I mean, I'm telling you, like, it has made such a big difference in Jake, Jake's and I lives because we know how to talk and communicate with each other. Right. All cultures aside, like looking at our hearts and who God made us, mm -hmm. it is, we're two very different people.
Yeah, I'm no, I'm, gonna, I'm really, I'm, I'm being serious. That's something I'll do this week. Now that you okay. said that, I'm like, I need to know. I think I know, but I really want to know, um, because that will be helpful. Just like, I mean, I tell people about the love language thing too. Like, I had yeah. to learn about like not only was I wanting to receive love that way but I was also only giving love that way but mm-hmm. if you're married or with somebody who that's not important to them you're not yeah. gonna show them that you love them and it's like a roadblock because you don't realize it. it's like I, mm-hmm. I bought I'm, I'm a gifts guy so I'm like I went yeah. to the store and I bought you this because I saw it and it made me think about you and I thought and she would be like okay I appreciate it but it's not the same as her wanting quality time Mm-hmm. which is just sitting on the couch and watching a movie together yeah which I didn't pride I took no pride in that because I'm so yeah that I'm definitely going to do that so I think you know what that's the perfect place to stop we'll okay. end it right there um I really 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 enjoy talking to you and Jacob about this you guys are actually guys and girls are actually my first uh segment in this which I think is even more important and I think um how do I say this it's more important. And I think it's God really working on me to know that like how pigeonholed like my thinking was with interracial marriages. Mm-hmm. Um, so for you two to be the first that I, you know, released it, not saying I'm big and this is going to blow up, but people hearing the topic and then seeing you two, it's going to expand their mind too. I know yeah. that from day one, which is the most important thing to me about this. So I appreciate you both for being willing and vulnerable to do this. And I've had a lot of fun. Yeah, me too. Thank you guys. Or thank you for giving us the opportunity to do it. I think it's so important to um, just broaden people's perspective. And like we talked about earlier, ignorance is just not a good excuse anymore. Right. Get yourself involved, figure out other cultures, get to know other people and figure out how the world should work outside of your bubble. You like, pop it, go explore things, go explore people. There's good things out there that is different than you. Right. For sure. So for everybody listening, another great news. Uh, I am on Apple podcast. Now we got that worked out. So if you guys have Apple, you can listen there. We got Spotify as well. If you're wanting to watch us to see my beautiful face and Miss Liza's beautiful face, Lisa's beautiful face as well. We will be on YouTube also. Um, I really appreciate you guys for listening. I appreciate you guys for watching. Y'all have a great day and we'll see you on the next one.